Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Deborah Peake Haynes, and thank you for tuning in once again to Deborah's Healing Kitchen. Today we have a wonderful, phenomenal woman that is very well versed in training. In fact, she is my personal trainer, and I'm really excited to have her. I've known her for a number of years. She is an expert in her field. And I want her to say a little bit about what she's doing because today we're going to talk about something that many of us really have issues with, and that is how do you get rid of this belly fat? I know I always get the questions, but we're going to have Ava to give us some insight on that from her expertise and her perspective. So, Ava, thank you so much for joining us today at Deborah's Healing Kitchen. Please tell the listeners a little bit about your background. Well, actually, thank you so much, Ms. Deborah, for inviting me. My, a little bit about my background is I'm originally from Minden, Louisiana, and I moved to Dallas in the 80s. I've always been in fitness, exercise, and ran track and all that, and I decided to get more more into that, so I'm certified, certified for basically everything. It's personal training, um, yoga, Pilates training and basically all of it so I um, that's what I do and I love fitness so that's one of the one thing I decided to get into and also I know you don't always like to say all the great things about yourself but please tell us that you are a black belt okay when I moved to Dallas I've always wanted to be in martial arts so I found a great place to be uh, get into martial art, and the name of it is Taekwondo, and uh-huh. I've been in it for years. I received my black belt in 1993, and I've mm. been actually doing it ever since. So I also teach one-on-one, and I t- also teach boxing classes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, you know, Ava, um, Ava, I know we've had many conversations about you know, fitness and training, and people are always asking you questions. And so you have given me great insight about when people are trying to lose weight or particularly when you have that extra amount of weight around the waist, uh, men and women have issues right. with, you know, stomach. So tell us a little bit of insight about how people should approach if they really want to lose that stomach and the fat around their midsection, because you were telling me some things I wasn't aware of about certain exercises you should and should not do, and also about what we should not eat. Right. Thank you so much. Well, one of the things is I see so many people doing a lot of crunches when they have the midsection, the fat around there. What they should do is change their lifestyle by cutting down on sugars, white sugars, pasta, and there's breads because all that turns into sugar, and it goes right to those areas. Well, mm-hmm. doing a lot of crunches, you shouldn't. What you should do is try to get rid of the, the fat before you do a lot of crunches. But planks are good. You can do planks, but not a lot of crunches, and we need to do more cardio. 
So that's how you really get rid of the fat is getting rid of it is lowering the pasta, the breads, and the white sugar. So now why should, we, why should we not do the crunches? Well, the crunch, all you, when, you, when you have fat around the midsection, what you do is you're doing a lot of crunches, you just make the crunch, make the fat hard. You just mm. make it harder. But, so you should get rid of it first by, by the foods that you eat and your cardio. And then after you get rid of the fat, with doing planks, planks are good, but not a lot of crunches. You just make that hard, and you don't want to make it hard. So now for I know everybody's different, everybody has different body types, but typically if someone's trying to use, use the weight around the midsection, how, <laughs> how many minutes of cardio do you typically suggest? And what I type really, of cardio? Okay, I really you – can, you can use – now, you know, there's many ways for cardio. You can walk outside. You can run. You can use the elliptical, the treadmill, the spin bike. All of those are cardio. But what you would need to do is actually do the, uh, yeah, those three to four days a week, three days minimum. You can always mm-hmm. do more cardio, always do more cardio. You can do cardio every day if you like, at least three to four days of cardio, at least 30, 35 minutes of cardio. You can always do more also. It all mm-hmm. depends on how advanced and how, what, what, how much energy you have and how advanced you are. Right, right. So then once a person starts reducing the weight around the midsection, then they, what do you suggest? Well, yeah, after you start reducing it, you can do the, the crunches. You can do crunches. You can do the side waist with the weights, and you can use the weights to go, you know. There's so many ways you can do crunches. You can be on the floor. You can do yoga. You can do Pilates. There are so many ways that you can work the midsection. Because Pilates mm-hmm. is the overall working upper and lower body and strengthening without weights, and you can also use the machine. But you right. like and to do the, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Finish but, your but you need But you need to actually get rid of the, the, the belly fat, and then you can start doing more of your cardio with your, I mean, your abs with crunches more. So ex- please explain to our listeners the correlation between your stomach and your back okay. and how it's so important to strengthen the stomach. Well, your, your ab, you have the abdomen and then you have the back. It goes hand in hand. What you need to always do is keep your abs contracted. And that's really how we're really supposed to walk. But a lot of people say uh, you actually will hold your stomach in. But you do that anyway. That keeps your, your your once you hold your abs in, your shoulders actually sit back like it's supposed mm-hmm. to. You want your body neutral. You always want your body neutral. But keep your abs in. That's how we're really supposed to walk. And when you mm-hmm. when you keep your abs in, it actually helps the back because if you have weak back, you have weak abs, and you want mm-hmm. both to be strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that also cause you know, a lot of people have back issues because their stomach is right. not in shape. Is that true? Exactly. Because they go hand in hand. Both of them is together, the stomach and the back. If you hold your abs in and you work, actually work out, it makes you feel so much better, either breathing and everything. So both mm-hmm. is hand in hand. Yes. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders, HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. 
These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. And so another thing that, you know, since we're on the subject of fitness, you, you, you know, we, and we laugh a lot, but we have a good time. We have a good, you know, I think if you have a trainer, you need to have fun with your trainer yes. because as, you know, she's making me do things that I don't want to do, I'm still laughing. <laughs> so that helps yes. soften the load. But anyway, <laughs> one of the things that we've talked about, and you shared this with me, that many times women work on the bottom and don't do enough at the top and the men are always working on getting butts on the top and not the bottom. So can you talk a little exactly. bit more about that? Well, well, the main thing is women, we, our lower body is stronger than our upper body and we always, we need to work on the upper body as well because, you know, we have, we have babies. So our lower body is stronger. We carry that, we, we carry babies. So our lower body is stronger. And we need to work on the upper body as well to strengthen all the upper bodies, which is all the muscle groups. So a lot of ladies feel like they'll get buff, but they won't because they're not doing enough for that. So working on your upper body strengthening at least two days a week is what we need to do. And, of course, men, I see a lot of men that work on just their upper body and not their lower body. So they have small bottoms and small legs and have big upper bodies. So it needs to be equal with both sides, men and women, yes. Right. And I know a lot of times I, when we were first starting out, uh, I told her, I said, well, I don't want to look buff, and I don't want to look fat. And you're like, you're not doing enough to look buff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have to do a lot more. And, then, uh, and even a couple, a couple of days is not really that much. So we need to do right. at, least, at least two days of strength training. So if someone says that they want, you know, leaner-looking muscles. So mm-hmm. what do you typically suggest to have that leaner look? Okay. Now, it depends on the person's body. If they're bigger and they want to look leaner, what I would suggest is doing more cardio. More cardio, and as they get smaller, they what they do is use lower weights, like maybe the lowest weights, and do more reps mm-hmm. as they slim down. Now, if a person want to be more buff, they go heavier on the weight. But if you want leaner, you want to do more cardio. Again, the 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 lifestyle is the most important, and then use lighter weights but more reps and do cardio. And how many reps do you suggest? I would suggest at least fifteen because any time you pass twelve, you go into the cardio zone. So you do at least fifteen. You can do fifteen to twenty. Three sets. Mm. Mm-hmm. Three sets. Okay. Yes. And least, so that's some, three sets. So if somebody is doing cardio, say they actually are an elliptical or they're walking for 20 minutes, but then they're doing three sets of 20 reps, that's still a cardio type of exercise, correct? On a yes. lower weight. Anytime you, anytime you pass 12. But I would suggest doing more than 20, 20 uh, minutes. Of 11, mm-hmm. I would suggest at least 35, at least 30 to 35 minutes. 
Because you okay. want to get the uh, – and there's, most people don't like – a lot of ladies don't like to sweat. But we need to sweat. Because mm-hmm. sweat is good for us. We get rid of impurities, we get rid of toxin in our body, which is good. It makes us feel better, too. Right, right. And I know we always are interested in our hair. And so for me, that is really not any problem any longer since I've gone natural. So I think that's a great thing. <laughs> that's a great thing, exactly. And I'm noticing yeah. there's more women that are going natural, which is a good thing, more black right. women at least. Right, right. And so do you I, – I don't want you to give any names, of course, but do you have – give us a couple of one or two success stories of someone that lost a lot of weight. I know you have a success story of some older people that have come to your classes, and they're doing extremely well. So give us a couple of success stories before we wrap this up. I have one particular lady, and I guess I'm going to call her name. Um, she came to me last year. She used to be in one of my classes, but she had stopped coming. So she called me, and she asked me to meet her. So I met her, and she said, Ava, I'm, I feel bad. I'm not working out like I should. I need you to help me. I said, okay, no problem. So I put her on an exercise. She's she's very tall and she's thin, she's thin. She said, "I mm-hmm. feel like I'm so weak," and I said, "So I put her on a exercise program to gain weight more. She mm-hmm. started eating taking uh, more protein, so she started doing more weights. I started light, and then I gradually worked her up with less reps and more mm-hmm. weight. The lady is 70 years old. She turned 70 uh, last year." Mm-hmm. And within three months, she came and told me, she said, I feel so much better. I feel stronger. Thank you so much. So that's one. That made me feel very good, made me feel well. Right, so right. that's one. Uh, that was one. And also, I have a uh, younger lady. She was in her 20s, and she was overweight. So she, I started working with her. And she asked me, she said, I need to lose weight. I started her on eating less eating less, less smaller portions and start taking the sugars slightly out, not completely, but eating mm-hmm. less sugar each time, each week. And she lost 25 pounds within mm. two months, two months. Because awesome. she was focused, she was focused, she was really focused on losing because she wanted to go, she wanted to go to the Army. So um, mm. she lost it and she felt much better because she started eating less sugars, she didn't have the up and down, you know, eating the sweets, and she started running. I put her on a running, and she lost 25 pounds. So that was That's a very awesome. successful. Mm-hmm. Well, that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, you know, before we wrap it up, because I, I want everyone to know that this is going to be a two-part series, and when we come back, Ava's going to share with us about the importance of you know, having defensive training and also about sex trafficking because I think our women and our men need to know what's actually going on because all of this affects our health. And we want to make sure our women and our young women are safe. So we're going to have a a second part to this conversation. But first of all, Ava, please tell uh, the listeners how they can get in touch with you because you do consulting and whether it's, you know, in person or over the phone. So please give us your information how to get in touch with you. Okay. I have a website. My website is fitnessbyava.com. You can go to that website. It gives you all information. You can go to Train with Ava, 
click on the uh, train with Ava and meet with Ava and you go there and put in your information that you want to talk to me, call me, or a good time for me to call you and just hit send. And it'll come right to me. And then from there, you can either come to me or I can come to you. Fitnessbyava.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ava, so much. We really appreciate this information. And thank you to all of you that have listened. And hopefully, um, if you're not exercising, you've been inspired to start and Call Ava if you if you need some instructions. But so thanks again. This is Deborah's Healing Kitchen. If you want to get in touch with me, please go to my website. It's www.debrapeakhaines.com, and you can also go to my Facebook page, Deborah's Healing Kitchen, and send me a private message if you want more information. Thanks again, and have a wonderful rest of the week. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neuronutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. I just want to give you a few tips and, and things that I have learned, and hopefully this will be helpful to you. One of the things that many of us forget when we think about our wellness, our health, that our emotional wellness is central to everything because if you're not emotionally well, that means it's going to affect your body. So you can do all the you know right diets, the exercising, but if you have not dealt with your emotional wellness, that can really um, uh, uh, make a big change or abate all the positive things you're doing for your physical body. So as I always say, we have to remember that we are a whole piece. You know, God is holistic. He doesn't separate things out like we do. So our minds and our bodies are one, and emotional wellness comes from our minds and how we think, how we feel, how we are actually Uh, processing things that happen to us. What is our perspective? So I just want to give you a few tips regarding your emotional wellness. Number one, check it out. How do you feel emotionally? Are you going through trauma? Have you been through trauma? Well, let me just, as a side note, say this. If you are an African American in this country, you've been through trauma. Even though we may not face it, we may not notice it, we wake up under oppression. So that means that we're we're starting off with some things happening to us just because of things that are happening in this country, particularly at this time and also in the past. So that's one piece. But then we have our own personal issues, our interactions with our loved ones, our family, our friends, things that have happened to us. Um, that we did not expect. So how are we actually processing that? You know, issues with our children. Uh, I I was talking to a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friend of mine at one time, and she had been going through so many things. And I asked her, I said, well, before you made some of these decisions, did you talk to anyone 
and get input? And she said no. Well, my suggestion is for all of us, and I do this all the time, I have a few people that I can depend on to run something by when I'm thinking about making an important decision because our decisions have a lot to do with where we are right now. Our choices have a lot to do with where we are now in life. And sometimes you need input from people with good sense. I'm not just saying get an opinion from anyone. You know, what what is their life like? How do they think? How do they process? So get some good friends or if you have family members that are stable and make good decisions and bounce things off of them. That might help you make a better decision. So emotional wellness. The other thing is we've heard so much about what's going on in our schools and the shootings and all this, and one of the things that people always talk about is that these individuals really are disconnected. They're loners. They're isolated. So the worst thing you can do if you're having emotional issues is be isolated. So make sure, you know, sometimes we need downtime, we need to collect our thoughts, we need to just get away for a moment, but you can't stay there. You need connection because the connection can help bring about healing if it's a healthy connection. And then, you know, for my my black brothers and sisters, my African-American brothers and sisters, look, sometimes we just need counseling. We need to go to a therapist. There is nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's very healthy. So we have to understand sometimes we need help. There's nothing wrong with needing help. So if our children see us processing what we go through in a healthy way, it would really, really help them. Another thing that might be very helpful, and I know it's very helpful, a massage. This is something that is great for the nervous system. It's great for calming the mind. It's helping your body and your circulation. So if you're going through trauma, you're having a hard time, uh, just get a massage. Make sure you love yourself enough to take out the time to take care of yourself. So connection, massage, making sure you have, you know, uh, connections with your friends that have good sense that can kind of give you some guidance. And then therapy, you know, mental therapy with a trained, uh, licensed counselor, psychologist, and, you know, make sure you just do what you need to do to process whatever it is you've been through. We've all been through something, and I'm just giving you some tips that have helped me because we cannot be fully healthy unless we deal with our minds and our emotions. So this is my tip for you today. I hope it makes sense to you. I hope you will take the time out of your schedule to just check yourself out mentally. What are you going through? How do you feel? And make sure that you are not in a state of trauma too long because then that can have adverse effects on your physical body. So please be good to yourself. Check out your emotional wellness. I will come to you um, again and hopefully give you some tips that work that will be helpful, and I look forward to hearing your comments. You know, please go to my website, DeborahPeakHaines.com. I have a free app, Deborah's Healing Kitchen, 
and I would just like to know if this information is helpful to you. Thank you so much for tuning in again to Deborah's Healing Kitchen. Have a great day. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neural nutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. This is Deborah P. Haynes, and welcome again to Deborah's Healing Kitchen. And this is uh, part two of a conversation we started with Ava Combs, my personal trainer, who also has many other certifications and uh, outside of just training. And today we're going to talk about um, the importance of self-defense. You know, as women, we really need to understand that and. Uh, I'm so happy that I did have our daughter to take some classes from Ms. Abel before she went to college, and I think all of our young women need to do this. But anyway, Ava, could you please tell us a little bit about your training in self-defense and how did that come about before we go into our questions? All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Deborah. Well, I've always wanted to be in in martial art when I when I got in martial art, became a black belt. My goal was to be able to help other young women, women of all ages, and it's all ages. So mm-hmm. what I did once I became a black belt, I taught, I taught martial arts for 14 years, and as I was doing that, I was putting together programs. I have programs that I put together for to help young women and older women with self-defense. And let them know the most important thing is the awareness. Awareness is 60% and the self-defense is the 40%. I have four programs that I put together. One of the programs is women, young women from high school to college. Another one is for domestic violence. The other one Mm -hmm. is human trafficking. And the other one is for date rape. So what I do... I, what I do, I actually teach them the statistics of what's happening in their area and all over the world and just being more aware of what's going on, what's happening. Well, one of the things you were sharing with me was um, that our weapons are actually our extremities. You know, we have our face, our hands, our legs. Could you kind of share with the listeners what you told me about using certain parts of your body as a weapon? Okay, if you don't have a gun, and a lot of times, you know, you don't need one, but our weapon is our own body, like your hands, your knees, your feet, your elbows, your forehead, and your back of the head. Those are our weapons. The main thing is once you learn how to use those weapons, you're just, I mean, you can do whatever you need to, you want to do. You can defend yourself. 
as long mm-hmm. as you know how to use them because our weapon is our body, to be honest. Our, mm-hmm. that's our, our weapon is our bodies, yes. And also, what about the importance of, you know, predators know when they can, you know, hurt someone, you know, kidnap someone? Because you talk a little bit about just the self-confidence and the awareness. Okay. Most of the time, if it's a predator or a person that wants to do something to you or whatever, they've already talked to you, you already know the, the person you have the awareness is one of the most important things, not being scared. Even if you're scared, you don't let them know that. But right. the, most, the most important thing is awareness. If you see something or you feel something, go on and pay attention to it. Because most of the time, it's something to it. Mm. If you feel like you shouldn't go out at night, don't go out at night unless you have to. But if you mm. have to, always be aware of what's happening. Always be aware of your surroundings. Please don't be on the phone because you can be on the phone, the person be coming up behind you. These are just simple awareness things that you just need to know to do. Because a lot of things that happen to us, some of the, some of the time it doesn't have to. You can just be more aware of what's happening, what's going on. Like in your car, before you get to your car, look in the back seat. Look up under the up under there as you're going to your car. Look up under the uh, – because sometimes it's, it's high enough that a person can get up under it. So being aware is the 60% and the self-defense is the 40%. Mm. And, you know, I do see a lot more people walking down the street looking at their phone and not what's mm-hmm. going on around them. Exactly. And I think for women, I mean, everyone needs to be concerned about that, but particularly for women and particularly young women, I see them, exactly. they're just like the worst at doing that. All the time. And you can see them crossing the, crossing the streets and they're on their phones. <laughs> they're looking down right. at their phones. But, again, they need to be more aware of your surroundings. Whenever you're outside, because things are happening in broad daylight. So you want to be aware, going to your car, going to the mall. I just um, found out a couple of weeks ago a young lady was going to going to the mall. She was going in, about to go in the mall, and all of a sudden a person came up behind and grabbed a purse. We have to be more aware of our surroundings because mm-hmm. a lot of things, just like I said, 50% of the time the things that happen to us is because we're just not aware because the predators will be looking at your vulnerability. They're going to be looking to see if, if look at that. They can look in your eyes and tell if you're vulnerable. So these mm. are things that we have to make sure is not letting the person look at you and, and, and you soften down because they, they they pray at that, so you have mm. to be more aware of what's happening, what's mm-hmm. going on. So, what about your work with uh, women uh, in domestic violence situations? Um, you know, what are what are a few things you might tell them about those situations? Oh, in domestic violence, that's a uh, one of the the uh, awareness programs. I would actually tell them to find out the numbers, <clears throat> the number if they need to get out of it. The main thing is if you see if a person start, like they normally they normally start talking to you and intimidating you mentally first. Normally mm-hmm. it's always the mental first. And then if they can actually mentally break you down and then they go physical. So you can't let, you can't let that start. A lot of ladies, you know, if they're in a marriage, 
a lot of times they don't have a job or they take the, the husband or the boyfriend, take that away from them where they have to depend on them. So mm-hmm. what, they need, what they have to do is try to get out of that situation as soon as possible because it, only, it would only get worse. It would only mm. get worse. And find out the phone numbers and I always have different, different have a, uh, a purse or have something that you have different little things that when, if you were to leave, that you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to come back. Like credit card, if you have money, extra little money in there, if you need to cab, if you need to take, you need to drive, but have different things in a purse or a bag that if you need to get away, that it's already prepared. Mm, okay, okay. Well, you know, there, there's so much of that going on, and I think you're right about the whole issue of someone taking things away so that you have to be dependent. Right. And I think, you know, what you were saying, that first of all, they'll start with the whole mental, you know, exactly. breakdown. So right. then they can really get your psyche and then, you know, keep you frightened. Cause it, and it also seems like, I don't know if many of you have seen the movie regarding Tina Turner's life, but at the end right. when she really got strong mentally is when he left uh-huh. her alone. Exactly, exactly. And that's the first thing. First thing, you have to be strong. Change your mindset, and I think that you could never get out of a situation because you can. Mm. Right, right, right. Well, share with us. I mean, this is a really a very um, sad and sensitive subject regarding sex trafficking, and there's a lot of that going on in the country uh, with girls and, I mean, young girls. And, exactly. you know, what what do you know about that and what parts of the country does it tend to be worse than others? Can you shed a little light about that? Because I think we all need to be really aware when we see something that just doesn't look right. Right. Well, human trafficking, I've been actually doing a lot of studying about human trafficking. And basically, the human trafficking, they start at young age around, not now, now it's nine, all the way up to 15 and 16. Mm. They start young. And what they do, <clears throat> they actually take these babies and they sell these babies. And it's getting younger and younger because a lot of the a lot of the young <clears throat> excuse me a lot of the young women what they do a lot of some live with their grandparents or they not they don't get along with their their mother and father because there's a lot of single mothers and all that and a lot of times they leave and they go to a bus stop to get to get away. A lot of the a lot of the, the the guys or what they do they're at the bus stop waiting because they know that the first place they'll go is there. Some of them don't have to go to the bus stop. They already know these kids' parents, so they know what the parents do. So a lot of time they go and they wait till the parents leave. This is going on everywhere. It's really bad in Houston and also on the border. There's a lot going on. Uh, Austin, Houston is one of the number one and two. Dallas is now is the number three in mm. human trafficking. A lot of people don't even know what it is, don't even know what human trafficking means. But we need to get smart if we have kids, if we have grandbabies. We need to get smart and find out exactly what we need to do and be more aware of what's happening because it's going on everywhere, everywhere, and it's getting worse and worse. So do you think, um, like, you know, kids can tend to be rebellious or unhappy or whatever. So you think by them running away, 
makes them much more vulnerable yes. as opposed to those kids that are staying around the family and trying to work through whatever the situations they have. Yes, it is. Because main thing is uh, parents need to always find out what's happening in these kids' lives always and just keep telling them they love them and just always keep good, good contact with them because it's happening all the time. And most, a lot of them is the kids that have single parents. And I'm not saying because I was a single parent, but I stayed in contact with my kids all the time. I knew where they were going. I knew I kept them in sports. But the main thing is a lot of them don't, don't feel like they're loved, so they'll go, mm-hmm. they'll leave. They'll leave and they'll go to different places and they'll go to other people's homes. And so we need to make sure we keep in contact with our with our kids and our babies. So have you been able to um, have any parents ask you to, you know, train their daughters um, yes. about self-defense or things that they need to look out for? Yes. And also one of my uh, my one one of the awareness programs that I really target is young women leaving high school to college because they don't have a clue what happened in college. So I kind of prep them before they go to college, which I'm I teach them awareness and find out the school that they're going to and and find out, just find out the area, period, because 60% of the of the rapes in college is freshmen. And when, mm. when they go, they don't have a clue what happened, what's going on. And then the the the, the guys is there, what they do, they see. And if they see a freshman come in, they know because they know, they you know, they call them different names, and they say, okay, those are freshmen. We know what we can do. And then there's a lot of date rape drugs out there. But one of the, one, one of the number one things with the, with the drugs is retaining too much alcohol because mm. once they, get, they, they leave, they go to college, they have all this freedom, they don't have to have they don't have curfews or anything because they're not at home, so they have this freedom. So they try different things, they do different things, and a lot of times they they drink too much, and then that's mm-hmm. right there is a, a target right there. Well, what is the the substance that they some guys put in drinks that you know you not you may not even be aware it's in your drink, but there's a way that you can find out. What is the name? Do you recall that substance? The name of it's a it's a uh, it's a polish, and mm-hmm. I can't think of the name right now. But what you can do is a polish that you stick in. You see, but you have to stick your finger in it, and if you pull your finger out, it turns a certain color. If oh, they really? Put, uh, if they put if they put a date rape drug in it, which is well, hypno, the ecstasy, those are date rape drugs. If you put your finger in it and you pull it out, and I guess you know. Uh, they probably were saying, why are you putting your thing in your drink? But in order to keep, but it's a polish that North, uh, North Carolina, they came up with it with some students, and it's a polish that you would have to buy. But you, you put that on your fingernail, you stick it in there, and once you take it out, it changes color. And that will let you know that something has been put in your drink that was illegal. Mm. I think well, you know, illegal. and I think it's really simple. The simple thing is don't ever leave your drink whatever exactly. you drink water whatever don't walk away from it and then come back to it and start drinking it we just, like you said right. it's awareness exactly and another thing is don't let anyone bring you a drink because if they go to the bar and get a mm-hmm. drink they can put something easily put something in it then 
Because right. these drinks, these 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 uh, drugs have you where a lot of times you can be looking at the person, they can do whatever they want to you. And another one is you can go, you can just black out and not know what happened the next day until the mm. next day you wake up. So these drugs are very bad. So we what we want to do is avoid that, and they can cause other brain damage and all that. So the main thing is, again, we have to be more aware of what we're doing, not trust everybody, because some people right. we just cannot trust. Right. 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 Yeah, and I think that's something we all need to teach our children. You know, they have to have some wisdom or learn some wisdom. Exactly. And unfortunately, not everybody wants to see you do well. Exactly. You're right. Not everybody. There are some jealous people, but the main thing is just be more aware. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I think um, your awareness programs, we need to tell more people about them. I hope our listeners, if you have, you know, daughters, nieces, or, you know, or even nephews, because this is a a very dangerous world. And I really like what you say about making sure you have confidence, because if you get your head right, Exactly. It'll really protect you with everything else. Right. And the main thing is the awareness with changing your mindset, having a good strong head so you can change your mindset to being more more stronger mentally and physically. Right, right. Yeah, the two go together. Exactly. Good. Well, um, Ava, this has been, you know, really, really helpful, and I want to make Thank sure – people understand that they can get in contact with you. You can consult over the phone if they're in another part of the country or you can actually see them personally if they live, you know, close to the Dallas area. So how can they get in touch with you? Actually, my website is fitnessbyava.com, and I would also like to give my email address. My email address is fitnessbyava at yahoo.com. Wonderful, wonderful. So all of these different programs, are they listed on your website? Yes, they're listed on my website and also my phone number to actually contact me. It's on there, and you can also go to Train with Ava, go to the Meet Ava, and just send me an email, and it'll come straight to me. Just let me know that you would like to speak with me or a good time to talk to you, a good time, and I can just give you a call. And and you don't mind speaking with younger people as well, correct? Not at not at all. I don't mind speaking to anyone, younger, older, whatever. Didn't matter. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ava, and thank you all for listening in again to Deborah's Healing Kitchen. And please, if you want more information about the things that I'm doing or you have questions for me, please go to my Facebook page, Deborah's Healing Kitchen. My website is www.debrapeakhaines.com. I would love to get your email information so I can stay in touch with you and give you updates. So look for I look forward to um, getting in touch with you and also coming back, giving you more information so that you can have better health. Thank you again and have a wonderful rest of the week.